This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. This episode is for you if you have a brand or are thinking of having one. If you have a business or a project you are wishing to bring out into the world or that you're wishing to further if it already exists, learning how to communicate your offering and what problems you may be solving and how to communicate specifically to the people you intend to work with are all bridges that take your talents and ideas into manifestation in the world. And I know a lot of us who are offering some kind of service or maybe you're a coach of some kind that you, you're you on Instagram and you're making posts um, about your work and you're making posts to connect with potential soulmate clients. So having these communication skills around copy um, is really important, especially if you are generating a, a course or a particular offering that has a price point. And so you're writing um, a sales copy, essentially. I interviewed Gio Marcus, a professional writer, about her journey of going professional in a field that people say is hard to be successful in. Despite the narratives around her that it wasn't possible, she persisted. We also talked about what forms compelling copy and the process by which the personal brand becomes a vehicle for the growth of the personal self behind the brand. People certainly come to the process of developing their personal brand to further their work in the world as something that's kind of daunting, having a brand. Uh, It's definitely a process we bring our blocks and resistances to. Am I being fake? What will people think of me? Do I seem salesy? All those kinds of things. It's why being on a business path often becomes a personal development path as well, because we end up having to confront these blocks And it literally matures and develops us. I keep coming back to this, um, you know, in my own life. And I'm increasingly talking about it more because I'm working on a course about building an online presence. But there's um, in the natural zodiac, Cancer and Capricorn are opposite archetypes. The fourth house and the tenth house are opposite each other. They're complementary. And what you get in the fourth house um, or in the cancer archetype is like the cultivation of home and the personal self and feeling safe, feeling nurtured. And in the tenth house and in the Capricorn archetype, we're building our career or our public life. Um, We're learning about discipline and responsibility. And so the way that I see it, whatever we are doing in the public, there's a complementary inner psychological process that comes with it. And so a lot of the the reasons that we feel stalled or even stuck before starting is because we have an emotional block about doing something in public. And if we're really determined, like we're really compelled by this thing that we want to birth into the world, then we have the kind of juice or the motivation to, you know, work through some of these blocks. And often we end up needing help along the way. That's why I talk about on this podcast, like having worked with so many mentors and also being a mentor and a guide myself, it's super important to me to continue working through my blocks and developing myself. So all of this is to say that if you have fears and anxieties around having a brand or having a public life, that's completely normal. That's 
essentially how it is for everyone. And working through those things is very much part of the path. And yet, besides working through the fears and resistances that come up when it comes to putting ourselves out there in the world, it can also be the case that having a clear brand identity gives us something to step into and we feel transformed by it, which is actually kind of mystical if you think about it, like a ritual costume or mask that allows you to transform while you wear it. Like how you feel when you feel really dressed up and like what that does to your emotional body as you inhabit that literal dress costume. It's like, it's funny because when people get really dressed up, I don't think the narrative is, oh, I'm not being myself. Like, um, unless you really do feel that way, like you're dressed in a kind of style that you're like, this isn't me. But like, if you're dressed up and you feel good about it, you're likely feeling like more of yourself. So if you have a brand that is you and you feel good about it, it has that same kind of thing where it's like a bigger aura that you get to step into. And so when we talk about authenticity in business, this is about having a brand identity that highlights a truth within you and the brand just allows you to step more powerfully into it. I actually worked with Gio before coming out to my audience, all of you all, about my spiritual emergency in 2012 that had resulted in a sudden awakening that was extremely dramatic and it resulted at the time in unwanted psychiatric intervention that I faked my way out of. And in that immense personal crisis, I looked to astrology to find answers and never turned back. (laughs) I've been practicing astrology ever since because it was studying astrology during that time that helped me completely transform my life. Um, That was also the time period when I began to see these lights that I talked to you guys about these little stars that pop into my field of vision and help me channel. They help me write. They help me prepare charts for clients. Um, I see them in conversation. They're a big part of my life and understanding when I'm on track or when things I'm saying are resonant. And this story of this whole spiritual emergency is on the second episode of this podcast. And I had been sharing my writing for years before coming out with that personal story you know, hadn't talked at all about the lights or my experience with psychiatry and my faking my way out of it, any of that. And when it felt like the time to share, I didn't actually know how to do it, which is why I sought help. It's not that I didn't know my own story, like I definitely did, but how do you pitch a story like that to your audience? Working with Gio was great, and definitely she is along my path of mentors that I give thanks to. And I'm happy to say that coming out with that story did help me connect more with people and is connected to my overall messaging around magic being real. Since I like to explore things at depth in their nuance and their subtlety, sharing the story has helped me talk about spiritual lifestyle at depth, since it's not all sparkles, but also shadow work. I wouldn't be where I am today without going through that intense experience and finding evolutionary astrology as a way to make sense of what happened and to find more skillful ways of embodying myself and interacting with my psychic gifts. Gio is such an awesome person. I'm excited to share this episode, this interview with her, with you all. Um, She has a very kind and supportive energy when it comes to helping people with their writing. She's a really fantastic teacher, um, and she has a way of 
really seeing the best in people, which I think is a, a skill of a good teacher is to see the good qualities in people and to name them and draw them out, which is really encouragement, right? It was also super cool to hear Gio's story and her journey that brought her here and to get some awesome education from her in this episode about how to write compelling copy. So a little bit more about Gio before we begin. Gio Marcus is the founder of Copy Mafia, a copywriting studio that gives business owners tools to write dazzling copy that leads to brand fanaticism, natural alignment, and financial reward to follow. She's worked with Tony Robbins' team as well as with Deepak Chopra's, and her clients are found on Oprah, The Today Show, Goop, Martha Stewart Living, The New York Times, CNN, Elle, Marie Claire, USA Today, People, Mind Body Green, so many more. She's written for eight New York Times bestsellers, countless Amazon.com bestsellers, and one of her clients was nominated for an Oscar award. Today, she focuses on sharing her copywriting and marketing expertise with big hearted brands that have an important message to bring to the world through one on one coaching and group classes. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hey, Gio, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you here. Will you tell us a bit about yourself and your path as a professional writer and what brought you to where you are today? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, Sabrina, I'm really excited to be here. And and I'd absolutely love to share about my path as a writer. I, I started out writing when I was very young. And I... I loved writing. It's something that I got a lot of positive attention about too from both my parents as well as my teachers. And and I also felt really good when I wrote. I felt like this was something that I I loved doing. And and I also had grandparents who were writers. And so I had this, but I didn't know them. They actually passed away before I was born. But I had this lineage of writers in the family. And it really got me through some very difficult times, just my own personal journaling or even writing essays in, in high school was was really therapeutic for me in a way to process this world that didn't totally make sense. And um, I leaned really heavily into it and and I loved it. And so... I I continued to do that. I, I went to college to be a a writer, and I started studying both literature as well as uh, expository writing, writing essays, and and then when I graduated from college, I I kind of fell away from it. I you know I didn't really know what to do. I was really young when I graduated. I was twenty. And I, because I graduated from high school early, so I I graduated and then I was really lost. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to make a career out of this writer skill that I had. Everyone that I met and all anything that I'd read said, good luck being a writer. You're going to be broke and 
you know, you're going to have to get a miserable day job and, you know, all the, the stereotypes that I'd heard. And, and that was really discouraging. And so I, I went with that and I, you know, I worked these jobs that made me really miserable. Um, that didn't value my, my true gift as a writer and didn't value my intellects. And, um, it was really hard. It was like a really hard, um, number of years. And so, uh, by my late twenties, I, I'd had enough of that and I decided to get back in touch with writing and, and I really didn't know how it would look, but I, I thought, well, maybe I'll just, you know, I'll write a website, but I had no idea how to write a website or get clients. And so I, um, I joined a a networking group, like a professional networking group. And I just showed up, um, because one of my friends had joined that group and she said, why don't you come to this group? And I was the first writer that they'd ever had in the group and they could only have one person out of each category. So they were, they were really excited to have a writer, but nobody knew really how to work with me and I didn't really know how to work with other people. Um, so I, I did get a client, you know, I, I would do some trades first of all. And, um, and I remember my first client was my first paying client. Uh, I told her that I would write her website for $200. And, uh, cause I was like, okay, if it takes me 20 hours, that's $10 an hour and I'll do it. And I was so excited. And then, uh, and she was a really cool woman. She had a equine guidance education company. So she would do this uh, deeply personal spiritual work with people using the horses that she had. And it, it gave me this incredible view into her world. And, and so I got to meet, um, you know, these, you know, this really interesting woman. And the funny thing is that she actually kind of gave me some tools on how to write her website. Like she was working with a marketing company and here she was paying me, but she was giving me these resources to do my job, which was hilarious looking back. Um, and, and so I wrote the website and I gave it to her and she, um, but then I didn't know how to get paid and I felt really too shy to ask her, but she had offered me a, a session if I could come up to her ranch. And so, um, you know, maybe six months later, I, I was in the area and I was going to be coming through and I said, Hey, can I, can I come through and, and, you know, check out your horses and what you do. And she said, absolutely. And I, um, so I was in the ring with the horses and, you know, I said, I'd like to focus on claiming my writerhood. And she said, okay, let's focus on that. And the horses started booping me in the chest. And, and then one of them started rolling around on the ground and it was like really interesting what was going on. And she, even she said, this is really interesting. Like they never do this. And then she asked me to like kind of scream that I'm a writer. And I just remember being so shy and embarrassed and having such a, I was like, the words were just squeaking out (laughs) and uh, it was really kind of embarrassing, (laughs) but I did it. And, um, you know, at the end she was like, okay, is there, is there anything else? And, and I said, yeah, do do you think that you could pay me? (laughs) 
<laughs> and, um, and so she did, you know, she got out her checkbook and she paid me my $200 and I'm pretty sure that she didn't use any of the, the copy that I wrote for her on her website, but it was a really interesting experience and it was sort of <laughs> how I cut my teeth in the industry. <laughs> and, um, and that's how it got started really. Um, and then I just like kept trying and, um, after that and just kept struggling and having a really hard time, but, um, that was the start of it. <laughs> well, I, that just is such a cool story. And I would love to have an experience with horses like that and be invited to scream something that I'm trying to manifest. <laughs> That's so cool. And so what is your, um, your writing practice now? Like, what do you call it? Um, what would you describe your brand as? Yeah. So I, I've been really lucky. Um, so after that, um, that first attempt, I, I went on to, um, you know, kept trying to get clients, didn't really know how, but I, I did get one client who was able to really introduce me to this whole world and, and her network of people. And so I started, you know, so my business actually became pretty successful a few years later and I was able to just learn by doing and, and I just kept at it. Um, I was really self-conscious still for a number of years, even though I was like getting more and more success and working with some New York Times bestselling authors. And, um, and I just kept at it because it was really difficult. I remember forcing myself to go to the library to work because I, I was so distracted at home and I, I really had a hard time with that writing practice. And I just kept at it. You know, it's just really a matter of reps, just repetition, doing the uncomfortable because, um, you know, it was like, I didn't feel like anything else that I would do would be satisfying. So today it's a lot easier for me to have that daily writing practice. And usually it starts out with, you know, if I don't write for myself, um, my art, my, my own craft, then I get really grouchy. And so I make sure that in the morning I do journaling. Um, I work on various art projects, books, essays, different things that feed my soul for me. Um, I work on my own marketing and, and then, um, you know, and I have like a very limited number of, of clients who I write for at a time, just because it's a fairly complex process. Um, but it's, it's extremely satisfying and it's, it's, it's weird. I, I didn't think that writing my own marketing would be as satisfying as it is, but it's actually given me this incredible opportunity to, um, transform personally and grow into my true self. So, um, I actually love it. And, and I love connecting with people and getting feedback from people saying that what I've written has helped them and that they love opening up my emails. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a funny thing because I, I didn't really grow up saying I want to be a marketer. Uh, I wanted to be a writer, but I found this way to use my talents and creativity and gifts, um, and help other people bring their message to the world. And I also am able to teach other people how to do that for themselves. So I, you know, I get a lot of tremendous satisfaction out of that as well. And it's been a really cool ride. So I want to come back to something that you were saying before about 
that you kept at it and you mentioned that you didn't feel like anything else would be satisfying, but I'm curious, like what resourced you to have that tenacity to keep at it? I I think it was just desperation. (laughs) It was like this combination of desperation and, um, and determination to fulfill this purpose of mine why, like where that came from, I, I honestly, I don't know because I was extremely shy and, and I didn't like failing. And in order to get my business off the ground, I needed to fail and I failed a bunch. Um, I, you know, at one point I quit my job. I was, I was managing a cafe and, and I just said, that's it. I had it. I'm, I'm quitting my job. It's got benefits. You know, I'm, I have a lot of flexibility in terms of when I can work. You know, I was only having to work four days a week and I could focus on other things. But I just said, you know, that's it. I can't stand it. I'm going to like quit. I'm going to get a business loan. And I, I really had no idea what I was doing, but I just did it anyway. And, and sometimes it worked out and a lot of times it didn't. Um, but I, I don't know. I think, you know, recently I, I spoke with my, my aunt about my, my grandparents who were writers and I got a really like, and I, and I didn't grow up close to this, this relative of mine, but I just felt really this desire to connect with my grandparents who were both writers who I never met before because they died before I was born. So I called her up a few weeks ago and I said, you know, can you tell me a little bit about my grandparents and, you know, who they were? Because she had told me that they were extraordinary people. And I knew a little bit about them. And I, 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 you know, I purchased a copy of my grandfather's book on physics just to have it close to me. And I, you know, when I was in grad school for getting my creative nonfiction degree, I, I put up photos of them in my office and just use them as inspiration because it was really, I didn't have it in myself. Like I really leaned on my ancestors for that. Um, and it was tremendously helpful, but it was interesting. My aunt said, you know, your grandparents were, you know, especially your grandmother, they were, they were really different. They, they didn't do what they were different from their sisters and brothers. And they, they really, they, you know, they valued education in a time when that wasn't always valued. Um, you know, they lived in New York city and, you know, my grandmother especially came from poverty and she really had to seek it out and and go against the grain in order to do that. And so I think I really got some of it from, from my ancestors. Um, my mother always encouraged my creativity and, and that was really helpful as well. And, um, yeah, and, and it really just was like, I, this feeling of, I won't, I won't be able to live with myself if I don't go for this mm-hmm. and I'm going to try whatever I can. And I tried lots of different things to be able to do it. And, and I feel extremely lucky that it's been able to, it's, it's worked out. And I, I, you know, a part of me is like, I can't really take all the credit for that, but I, I'm I'm certainly grateful for it. It's been really cool. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you held fast to your vision, um, which is beautiful. And another thing that I'm curious about is you mentioned like marketing 
and also like discovering your true self. And I find that juxtaposition really interesting because I think that part of working with branding um, does have to do with authenticity, but there's so much baggage I think that people bring to the process of needing to market Mm. their services where we, we associate marketing with like lies or something. And, um, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on like marketing that's in alignment or that supports what people are doing in a way that is truthful. Definitely. Yeah. I really did have to go through that process for myself, especially the money piece. Um, a feeling like, okay. Like a feeling like I had something of value that people could pay me money for and that would be okay. Um, I had a lot of money stuff to work through and, 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 and shame for asking for money and wanting it. Um, and, and various teachers that I had along the way I worked with in order to help me change that, my relationship to that. And then, you know, the other thing is putting yourself out there is, is, is really scary. And so to be able to sort of claim myself, you know, going back to the, the image of me staying in the field, you know, the field with my hands up saying I'm a writer, you know, I really had to work hard to claim that. Um, but I think that there's ways to do it that are easier than the way that I went about it. Cause I did it. I felt like I did it. It was a very solitary journey for me, especially in the beginning. And I would have definitely have done that better. Um, knowing what I know now and, you know, in terms of working through, my brand and who I am in the world through my brand. Um, you know, I remember I had, I, you know, this other woman that I I worked with was a a really cool kinesiologist and she was just this incredible healer. Um, and I traded with her for sessions and early on. And, and I remember I, I had, again, I had quit my jobs. I was working like three different jobs and I was like, that's it. You know, I'd gotten this one client who was promising me other work through her friends. And I was like, I'm, I'm just going to quit all these other, you know, my bartending job and, um, you know, my job in the cafe and I was making kombucha. Like I really had all these jobs and I was just, and I was also writing journalism, uh, articles and which is my favorite thing. Um, and I just said, that's it. I'm going to, you know, figure out how I can just do the, the writing piece myself. And, and I sent out an email to all of my, my contacts, my past clients and, and my friends and family. And in that email, I, I had more enthusiasm and excitement than I'd ever, than I like usually showed to people or the world because I'd been pretty depressed my entire life. Um, because I was like tamping down this gift that I had and, um, and I didn't know what it was to be happy or to be myself or to be excited about things because it wasn't safe to be excited about things. And, and I, I, you know, I'd been inspired. I'd gone to this, this conference and I came back and I wrote this email and I sent it out. And I remember she wrote back to me and she said, you know, kind of like, don't, don't be like that. Like, don't be this, like she called it, she kind of had this negative spin on it. Like, don't be a hyped up marketer. Like be careful of going down that route. And I remember just thinking that's her opinion and I'm okay with that. And I, you know, it was, who was this? 
Uh, she was a past client of mine okay. and, um, and, and it was a really cool thing that I was able to just, you know, thank her for sharing and to continue on my path. And that's what I did. And so, um, in the next year, I, I got a photo shoot, like a professional photo shoot. And it was really fun. I got to buy all these clothes and, you know, pick out like who my persona was going to be like the real, like geo business woman, who is she and what is she dressed like and what cafes does she sit in? And at this point I had moved to San Francisco, which was also my dream. Like my dream was to like be a writer in San Francisco. And here I was being a writer in San Francisco, you know, 20, like 15 years later, um, from when I was a teenager and I got this photo shoot done. And then I had an awesome friend who designed my website and, and I got to like, for the very first time unveil who I really was. And it was kind of this brash, um, but sweet and heart centric person. And, and then I put it out there in the world and I, you know, it was, it was a very brave thing because I didn't lack, because I didn't have a lot of confidence really, or like, I felt like I didn't. And, you know, for years I struggled with it, but putting this website out there and, and get, you know, I got my makeup done, I got my hair done and, and it just was this really like transformative process. And, um, and so that was sort of the, you know, the next stage of becoming who, you know, of using my business to step into more of who I am, if that makes sense. Totally. I feel really similarly about photo shoots. Like I feel like my self-concept changes from doing them and you're like getting into a heightened version of yourself and then broadcasting it out into the world and people like it. They're like, yeah, you go. Like most people are supportive. And then the ones that aren't just kind of file away basically. Um, but it's cool to hear that like the brand that you created was what like allowed you to step into more confidence, um, and give you permission to fulfill like your particular work and your talents into your life, um, as something that you do full time. And I think that that's like the, the vehicle or the vessel side of branding. So when you're working with people, um, for their copywriting, like what kinds of things do you tend to help people with? Yeah, definitely. I, so sometimes people need a little bit of, they need to start with some of that emotional blockage of being, you know, putting their words out into the world and, and getting more comfortable with that, um, getting more comfortable feeling like what they have to offer is not just valuable, but it's really needed. And, you know, a lot of times people know that what they have to offer, they're so excited about it. They know it's their life's work and they have a lot of damage from teachers or parents or just, you know, media messages about putting themselves out in the world, you know, that kind of, how dare you be big and how dare you do something weird or against the grain or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, a lot of 
the work that I do with people is in some way, you know, whether we do that at the very beginning and really focus on that or in an ongoing basis, just continuing to work with those elements, um, you know, it's extremely healing to write and to share that writing with the world. And you can't just step out right away sometimes and do that. There's, you know, there's kind of baby steps that are needed um, to begin with, but it's, you know, if I could do it, other people can do it. And I've worked with lots of people to be able to help them do the same. And so I, you know, it's, it's really an honor to be able to do that. Um, I just got yeah. an image. <laughs> Sorry. I just remembered something that I really connect with that of like, I'm obsessed with the show Outlander. I like love the story, but there's this one episode that involves a ship at sea and the ship has stopped in the middle of the sea. Like there's no wind anymore. And mm. the sailors think that it's like, um, a superstition thing that one person didn't touch a post that everyone has to touch, um, or else it's bad luck. And what's really happening is that there's a writer on the ship who has a story that he has not yet shared and he has it all written down. And like there's practically like mutiny happening and he gets up <laughs> this writer and just like broadcasts, like yells out to everyone stop and like starts to tell his story. Um, someone had asked him on the ship earlier, like knew that he was writing and she wanted to hear it. And he's like, I can only tell it once and then I have to let it go. And so then he tells the story and the wind starts up and the ship moves and so I just got that image of like, there is such an emotional component to having a story and wanting to get it out into the world and also the need to feel safe in doing it, to feel ready, to feel prepared. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I have a saying that, you know, a, a, a writer, like a blocked writer is dangerous. <laughs> You know, a writer with a story inside that needs to come out that's blocked and not coming out is kind of uh, a danger to themselves and other people. And, you know, the good thing is that so people don't want to be sold to. And, you know, going back to that question you asked about how to come to terms with, with selling things and having something, you know, getting paid for, for your valuable work. It's today people don't want to just be sold. They don't, you know, I think a lot of people have that image of, Oh, like a, a really aggressive cold calling marketer telling them something they don't want. But today consumers don't want that. People don't want that. They want the story. They want to have that emotional connection to the brand. They want to feel good about saying yes to giving money to that company. And, and so the story that goes along with what is, you know, whatever you're offering is, is really just as important, arguably, you know, possibly more than the actual thing that you're selling. It's the, um, the association you know, creating a positive association, that emotional connection with people that is the most fulfilling in my opinion. And, you know, I'd rather that's what I love. Like I love helping people bring that story to the world and, and help them share it with their audience in a way that makes them feel good about, because then they're seen, you know, they're seen by their audience in a way that is real and important. And, and it goes from someone just selling something to, Hey, we're, sh we're, we're having a shared experience here. And, and that's, 
the really where the, the kind of cool magic happens. Um, and, and you know, that works for both brands that do content marketing. Um, you know, a lot of content marketing can use that storytelling. Um, and even with, you know, whether you're doing it just in your content, like your blogs or your podcast or whatever your, you know, social media posts, whatever you're putting out there, and you can also do it in, in your sales. Whenever you're asking for a sale, you know, telling that story of here's why what I have to offer is important. And if, and if you resonate with this and you connect with this, you know, this might be a good idea for you to, you know, if this is something that you need, then here it is. And, and I'd love to provide this for you. And, and so that shift really changes that, um, that old antiquated idea of feeling like bad about selling something. It's interesting too, because the process of selling something and writing copy for it involves like some emotional layers, like you were saying, I think even the sense of like, um, like this is valuable. Like, I hope that you can see that this is valuable. Like there's such a vulnerable side, you know, and then when you're writing copy, it's usually maybe more of like, and this is just I guess my perception. So I'm curious what you think, like usually sales has kind of like a confident tone to it. Um, not like an insecure, like maybe you should buy this, like you're letting people know why it's valuable. And so I think that people may have a, a known, like a felt sense that what they're sharing is really meaningful and valuable, but to create language that communicates that, and steps over the hurdle of the insecurity of claiming that and, you know, proclaiming that to the world. It's not just, you know, an emotional feat, but it's also like a writing one. There's like specific language I feel that communicates competence or value versus language that is unsure of itself. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really a beautifully put. And I think what people might not realize, some people might not realize, some business owners or, you know, people who are just even thinking about starting a business is that there's, there's sort of a pattern, you know, it's like copywriting, sales copywriting, I, I make the distinction between, you know, writing an essay or a poem or even a blog or social media post and writing sales copy, which is, which is words that sell, um, words that ask for the sale. And they're connected, but, but they are different. And it's kind of this big, you know, when you think about how to get the attention of your ideal clients and, and bring the right people in, um, it's really kind of this beautiful web, right? Um, of offering something that people need and not trying to convince anybody that they need it. If, you know, if you don't need my lemonade from my lemonade stand, you know, just go ahead, like keep on walking. Um, but the cool thing about copywriting that I learned early on was that it's actually, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on and, and there's psychology and it's actually less about you know, if I'm writing copy for myself or for a client, it's actually a lot less about me and what I have to offer. And, 
you know, who I've worked with and my credentials and, and all that stuff. And it's actually more about them. And, and it's actually tapping into what their values are, what their hopes and dreams are and what they need. And, and, and also effectively communicating that I understand those things and that what I have to offer lines up with their values and their needs. And, and that's the, the sweet spot is if you can communicate how to, you know, that to your ideal clients, then, then that's how, you know, that's how things happen organically without the hard sell. Um, there's, but there's techniques and there's patterns that go into writing sales copy. And, and I think it can become a lot less intimidating for people once they understand that sort of behind the scenes stuff and, and that pre-work that, that business owners and, and even just a copywriter, copywriter writing for a client has to understand before even putting a pen down to paper. So, um, I think, yeah, it just becomes when you kind of start to see the, um, these tools and then it becomes a lot less about, it becomes a lot less vulnerable in this way, although it can still definitely include um, a level of vulnerability and openness, but it, you also are like kind of working with these, these tried and true, this tried and true structure that, that helps to, um, that you can kind of stand behind a little bit. Like, okay, it's, it's a little bit like, fill in, okay, if I just fill in the blanks here of what I have to offer, you know, or like it kind of starts with, okay, what's the problem that my ideal client is having? And then next, what do I have that can, is a solution to that problem? And then let's talk a little bit about the benefits of what I have to offer. So how can what I offer not just provide the actual thing, like say that I am selling um, you know, uh, like a, like a, a vitamin, you know, I'm not just selling this, this beautiful vitamin slash herbal formula, but I'm actually also providing the, you know, the right person with like peace of mind, knowing that they're doing everything that they can to love their bodies also, um, you know, the opportunity to learn more about herbs and, and vitamins and how to take care of their bodies. Um, also providing them with the actual physiological effects of this supplement. And so it, it can get really wide and, and, and much more complex than just this transaction of, okay, you give me money, I give you this vitamin. But it really is a matter of communicating all of those things effectively. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you need to communicate it really quickly. And sometimes there's places where you want to like really spread out and, and go over, you know, some of those things in more detail. Um, so, you know, it's useful to have, you know, to understand how to, you know, once you have those tools and you can do it either long form or short form and still have the same success. That's so insightful. I really appreciate that. Um, 
Yeah, it is. It's like pivoting um, to understanding what your audience is looking for and speaking to them. It makes a lot of sense. And what do you think, though, for people that their brand is like a personal brand where they are selling like their own particular services? How does that translate um, to copy? Yeah, definitely. So if if someone is a, a coach or a like a healer and does sessions um, or selling the book that they wrote or anything like that, then it's, you know, it really becomes, you know, of course there's going to be places where you're talking about yourself or, you know, social media, I think is a little bit backwards at times for, and just to use that example where people, you know, it, it takes on this kind of narcissism and that's always, you know, but I don't think it has to be that way. I think that it gets kind of corrupted by, and it seems like all these business owners are saying like, Oh, look at me. And you know, here I am with my selfie stick and, you know, it just becomes this kind of uncomfortable thing for me personally to watch if it's not done out of this place that is like, I'm, I'm sharing this to connect with the people who I, I would like to hear this message. And, and so, you know, I could tell a personal story on, on social media, but just having that shift in intention can create a completely different experience for both the person telling the story as well as the person, the people who are receiving it. And so, um, it goes back to that question of values and, and really understanding, you know, what are, you know, if it was a case for me, I would, I would go through and, and I would sketch out, well, what are my values? What do I stand for? What's my big picture mission in the world? Um, what am I offering that nobody else in the world is, is offering, you know, what's my uniqueness and, um, and then also like who, who's meant to hear this message and who's not, because if you try to appeal to the masses, it's going to be this scattershot, um, very time consuming and exhausting experience for you because, um, the more narrow you get the the better and then you know later there's opportunities to go abroad but um you know i think that's another thing that um people are really scared of to get to get really narrow and, and you know specific in what they offer uh, but it, it can be really a good thing because then you know they really stand out in the crowd and they attract the right people but yeah as far as having a personal brand and, and telling the stories that ultimately are going to share your values and your experience and connect with the people who have that shared experience and shared values. And then that overlap is going to be the, the springboard for a relationship. I mean, marketing really, when it comes down to it is creating a relationship and, and that relationship is, is real. It's not just numbers on a list. It's not just followers. It really is, you know, creating a, a relationship and you kind of have to think about it in, you know, it's different from just a one-on-one relationship, but I think, you know, there's really cool ways to create the kinds of relationships that you want to create, the kind of community that you want to create and, and to draw that in to, to your life as well as to your brand. And then that's just fireworks go off at that point. (laughs) I'm wondering, I, 
I'm not sure if this is something that we had talked about in a previous conversation, but something around how like when you're writing and sharing a message, you're kind of like sharing out into the dark, like you don't know how people are going to receive it at first. And then, you know, eventually you get some kind of feedback. Do you remember like where we... I'm trying to remember the exact conversation, but, but I think that's absolutely true. And, and it can be kind of tricky with, you know, when you're, for example, if you write a book and, and then somebody buys your book in a bookstore, how do you have that conversation with them? You know, it's, it becomes very difficult unless you include some way for people to get in touch with you after the fact inside of your book. The really cool thing about social media is it becomes this conversation where you can get that real time back and forth and get other people talking in the comments. And uh, that's a really, you know, when I step back and I think about it, that's just a really amazing, you know, for love social media or hate social media, that's a really cool aspect of it. And, and so, you know, but a lot of people just are, are chasing the likes or, you know, trying to get followers and, and, and actually social media is, they're onto that and they're, they're taking, you know, Instagram is going to be taking away um, the ability for people to, to like posts and instead hide that information, which, um, you know, some business owners might be freaking out about because like all they could focus on was this kind of vanity metric before of, you know, how many followers do I have? But the real way that you know that you're like resonating with people is if people are commenting, if people are sharing, um, if people are saving your posts and, and that is, you know, you want to be creating things that, that are generating that kind of excitement in people and people are really resonating for. And then sometimes with the email marketing, um, you know, people will write back and there's also ways to get people to write back. Right. And so, um, not only am I a copywriter, but I'm actually this really specialized kind of copywriter called a direct response copywriter. And, and that means that I'm, I'm specifically trained to get people to respond right back or take the next action that I would like for them to take, whether that's, you know, buying something that I am, you know, like if I'm looking for a client or teaching a client how to do that themselves. Um, you know, how do we get people to take the next step? And what is that smart next step? Because you can't always just say, okay, now buy my stuff. It just doesn't work like that, right? There's like, it's just like any relationship. There's, you know, you got to like warm up to people and, and really create that, um, that resonance. And so, yeah, it's, so getting a response is there's ways to do it. <laughs> and then the more you get, the more confident you get. And, and then it just becomes, you know, this natural, this natural thing where then, okay, you're more confident and then you, you're more confident doing more. And then you get even, you know, a better response and reaction from people. So it's, you know, this upward spiral. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's so, it's interesting. Like there's a lot of ways that I've instinctually discovered how to um, gain responsiveness with my audience and things I've read about and learned, like even just on Instagram, like ask a question at the end of the post and a question that's like, I mean, a lot of people do that where they're like, drop an emoji if you agree, you know, but you can also <laughs> like ask a, um, 
a thought provoking question that people feel inspired to, to write something to. Yeah. Um, you just have so much knowledge about copywriting. It's really inspiring and you are, you're going to be teaching some classes about it coming up, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, in June, I'm going to start the, the next, you know, this, so I've been doing one-on-one copywriting, uh, tutelage for a while now. And that's either been through like a monthly or sort of a, a weekly ongoing coaching relationship where, uh, you know, we, we meet weekly and write your copy in real time and, you know, or work through some of those emotional blocks and then getting to write the copy or sort of, you know, whatever you need, it's, it's really bespoke. Right. And so, uh, it's completely tailored to, uh, to what each individual needs. And, um, when I, one of the things that, so the other thing is, is teaching group classes. And so my, my company is Copy Mafia and it's, you know, sort of this family and, you know, anyone that, that works with me, you know, it's, it's like, we have our own values. We have our own way of doing things just like any family. And, you know, it's not like what the, the family next door is doing, but, um, you know, it's like, we've got a high code of ethics. Um, we have a lot of respect. And when I, in a little bit of the backstory to how that model came to be, that pedagogy, uh, how I teach people is, is when I was living in Seattle and, and this was, you know, I, I, if going all the way back to the part of my story where I was that blocked writer throughout most of my twenties and I, I needed to get back to it really desperately because I was just getting more and more depressed and um, just feeling like, you know, how do I do this life if I can't be the creative person that I want to be? And, and then the thing that really kicked off that, that journey of getting back to writing was taking creative writing classes in Seattle at this um, queer nonprofit writing organization. And I would go up there once a week and uh, I would take these classes and the model was strictly positive feedback. So we, you know, we'd, we'd get a writing prompt and we would then have a container of time. I think it might've been like 10, 15 minutes to just free write and, and to do so without judgments and to, you know, at the end we could share if we wanted to or not. And then we could get feedback if we wanted to or not. And it was such an amazing, beautiful container for me to be able to get back to writing and really cool shit happened out of that. Excuse me, if there's any children listening to this, um, but really amazing things happened not only for me, but as well as the other people that I was in class with. And after that is when I started getting more confidence because I, you know, I did ask for feedback and I got it and it was positive. And, you know, I got a writing mentor out of that and she was brilliant and believed in me. And it really helped me so much. And, and that's when I started my writing company. And, and I, you know, I embrace that model when I teach people of, you know, strictly positive 
feedback, no harsh criticism. We start with what's working and we go from there. And I found that to be really, really successful for both me and the people that I work with. And, and so the writing classes are an opportunity for that. You know, we, we learn in community, we get hurt in community and we learn in community, we heal in community. And so the, the group classes are a really cool place to be able to, you know, start that process of getting back to writing, especially when you're shy or after a really long time of, you know, a break from writing. And, and so, um, so those are what the group classes are all about. And, um, yeah. And so I'm starting that up again at the end of June and it's, I'm really excited for it. That's awesome. Um, love copy mafia too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like, it was a little bit difficult for me to embrace that name. Honestly, I was a little bit scared. I, you know, I, the original name for my, that, that coaching slash teaching portion of my company. Cause I, I was Ruby scribe writing. And then I, I thought, you know, I really want to go in this other direction, less about writing copy for other people, but more of teaching and working with other business owners and writers to help them because I get so much from like me personally, I love teaching people. I get really worked up and fiery and excited and just believe in people so, so much. And, and I love that um, because, you know, people believed in me and taught me. And so I'm just like really happy to pass that on to people. And and so I, yeah, a couple of years ago when I, I rebranded to Copy Mafia and I was kind of like, oh God, can I do this? Like, can I call myself that? Like, it's kind of bold. And, you know, um, some people are not going to like it. And, you know, some people are going to be scared of me and they're going to get to my website and be like, what is this place? And who is this person? You know, she seems really like tough or I don't know, like she seems, but she also seems really nice. And, um, and so I am so happy that I went with that name and I, you know, I just, you know, it just kind of brings a smile to people's faces and, you know, I am Italian. So, um, there was like that piece of it that I was like, you know, so it kind of was this claiming of like who I am as, you know, I'm like, okay, I got this heritage and I, you know, I'm just going to go with it and, and see what happens. And, you know, sometimes I get corporate clients and I feel a little bit shy about it at first, but then I'm just like, no, you know, uh, this is my name. This is who I am. And this is what I do. And I'm not for everyone. And, and if you're drawn to working with me, then I'm guessing the same is true for you. So it's, it is what it is. <laughs> I really like that. So do you feel like, um, like how have you changed or grown internally from having this copy mafia brand? Mm, I, it has just been this delicious ride of just more and more stepping into who I am, like more and more stepping into my role as a teacher and as a leader 
and as a writer and it it I just I feel like really good about my work in the world and um like I said I've been scared and as you know sometimes some days I I actually do still feel a little bit like oh my god can I do this and and I just keep going and I I'm really happy about it. Like I'm happy that I have not, I've, I've given myself permission to be myself and, and nobody else has given me that permission. Um, I mean, I've had mentors who encouraged me, but ultimately I give myself that permission just like, you know, I give myself the schedule that works for me. I give myself the, um, you know, the money that works for me so that I can live my life and also continue to reach more people, um, to hire an assistant so that I can, you know, focus more on doing the things that I love or, um, you know, whatever it is that I need to, to do the work in the world that I, I want to do. And also to give myself time to write my book and, and to work on, getting my book out into the world so that more people can read it instead of just me. And, you know, instead of having it just live on my, my computer, um, you know, that's like my personal, you know, very personal projects. And, and I get to do that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, um, it's, I wouldn't trade it for the world. There's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, there can be a lot of ups and downs to being a, to, you know, running your own company. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. Are you kidding? It's it is. I feel. I feel like I'm I'm doing something that is extremely valuable to to me, and it's my life's work. Um, and so I would I wouldn't trade that for anything. Um, and and I think like the trick is to get comfortable with uncertainty as a you know as a business owner you're just starting out, or even if you've been doing it for a while, it's, it's getting more comfortable with the not knowing and, and experimenting and, and failing faster. Like I give myself permission to fail because I know that really beautiful things have come out of the wreckage of my quote unquote failures. And, and I, I, I've had some really big ones and I just keep going and, and I learn from, from those things. And I, I, and I share them with other people so that they can, you know, that knowledge can be shared and, um, you know, save, if I can save someone that, that steep learning curve, that brings me a lot of joy. That's all so awesome. Um, so worth celebrating that you're so happy with your career, um, and good advice too about uncertainty. And I feel like, um, business is also like constantly learning how to innovate. It's a exciting career field <laughs> for sure. Um, do you have any other pieces of advice that you would offer to listeners who are just starting out with, you know, creating the vehicle, their brand, um, that will be what allows them to do their work in the world? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I feel like I've touched on it throughout this talk, but, you know, to keep trying, 
So do what you got to do and, and don't internalize any judgment from yourself or, you know, anything that you've internalized or external judgment. I, I have a colleague that started her company and she created a, a pseudonym to be able to do that in the world. And I think that's a beautiful thing because she was able to create a really cool company for herself and, and to, you know, just give her that, that foot out the door that she needed to be able to, to do her, her work and to create her brand. Um, I would say just, again, being comfortable with the unknown. So, you know, getting used to that, getting used to making quick decisions and being okay with, um, you know, making quote unquote mistakes, which I really think are just learning opportunities if you use them well. Um, and then finding mentors and collaborators, like do not do it alone. It is really hard and much, much harder. And the moment that I started finding collaborators and mentors, um, the moment my life started getting a lot easier and it's definitely a shift in thinking to, you know, there's free mentors out there. There's lots of books and there's paid mentorship. And, you know, one of the things that I adopted within the first couple of years of, of my business was to hire out. So to hire people that can help me in various areas where I'm not an expertise. And then, you know, either I continue working with that person or I, you know, they help me get the footing that I need to do it myself. Um, but more and more I, you know, I'm like, yes, get a bookkeeper. Yes. Um, you know, use some online, you know, pay a little bit for these online tools like schedulers or, you know, various things that are going to help me. And, and, and then just trust that when I do those things that free up time for me to do other things, and I can focus on getting new clients, doing the marketing, doing the things that only I can do. And, and then that's when things will really start going. Um, taking classes, you know, there's lots of classes that are available, um, online, especially right now, cause they're not really in person, but, um, I think online learning is a really cool way to do things. Um, and, and, you know, paid mentorship as well. It's like, I have gotten business coaches, um, and that's been huge in my ability to move faster towards where I want to be. Um, and then again, just, you know, the last thing I would say just to reiterate is to stop waiting for permission, you know, give yourself permission, you give yourself permission. You can give yourself permission to take Friday off. You can give yourself permission to raise your rates. You can give yourself permission to try this brand new thing that nobody else has ever done before, but you want to do it. And so you're going to do it. And if it takes off, that's awesome. And if it bonks, that's awesome too. Like I, the, the, the entrepreneurs and business owners that I most respect are the ones that are willing to give life to their ideas and their, their instincts and, um, and, and really beautiful things happen out of that innovation happens out of that. Right. So, um, it's, yeah, that's, that's a big one is trusting yourself giving yourself permission. 
Giving life to one's instincts. I love that as like a meditation for part of what business is. Yes. So, yeah. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> um, well, I was just going to ask like how people can find you and work with you. Yeah, definitely. So copymafia.org is my website and you can hop over there. I've got a contact, you know, wait for you to get in touch with me there. And, um, and you can also sign up to get my, my emails in your inbox. I promise they are never boring. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, and then you can get information about the one-on-one sessions that I do. So either the weekly sessions or the the standalone one-off sessions that I do and as well as the group classes. So those are the three ways to, to work with me. And, um, yeah. And, and just, you know, if, if you liked what you heard or if you have more questions, um, just go to copymafia.org and, and send me an email, like a good old fashioned email. And I would love to, to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gia. Oh, thank you so much, Sabrina. This has been such a lovely way to spend an hour. (laughs) Yeah, I just learned so much. Um, I'm excited for the offerings and the classes that you have coming up. Thank you. And thank you so, and thanks for putting this podcast out and, and to nurturing your community in such an awesome way. It's a real inspiration. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I just loved having this conversation with Gio. And for those of you that you know have made it to this point, I'm guessing that you have a a business or a business inside of you that you have yet to birth. And so I just want to send you a big burst of love and encouragement along that path. And it is a really exciting path, I think, of taking something from within you, um, your aspirations, your talents, your true essence, and to embody it by sharing it with the world. And I mean, it's something that just speaking from my own experience, which is not that unique in the sense of like, I am a self-employed person who has spent years building a platform and a business. And there's been so many lessons along the way. And there's so much trial and error. And those, there are legitimate times of being in tears and you're just so frustrated or scared. It's not going to work. And it's like, it's intense. And then there's also these times of like the harvest of your work coming to fruition and something is successful or you have a steady stream of clients and it feels so good that something that you've put so much love and energy and discipline into is yielding fruit. And why I don't think this is that all that unique in the sense is that when I listen to business people talk about their experience, it's completely thematic and archetypal that they've struggles, that there's been some trial and error, that they found some powerful mentorship along the way, um, that they had a, a massive breakthrough and they pivoted their business in some way or whatever it is like there's, um, 
there's quite a dynamism to being on this kind of path and a lot of lessons along the way. And I think that, you know, coming back to that Cancer Capricorn or fourth house, 10th house polarity that in the public, you know, we can share something very authentic. Um, our brand messaging can be super authentic and we still have a private life and it's our decision about how much of our private experience we want to shine through our brand, how much personal sharing we do, for example. And I think that just having that in mind, it's like, you don't always know what people are going through. And so you see people being really successful um, or appearing to be very successful and they definitely have their own emotional inner experience of that as well that comes along the path. Oops, I forgot to turn my notifications off. Sorry about that. Um, so all of this is to say that I see you. If you are along the path of building a brand and you are having trouble or you're experiencing emotional things about it, that's completely understandable. It's completely part of the path. And I offer a prayer for your path to unfold in a completely blessed way and that you find the the deepest faith and truth within yourself to carry out the things that you are here to do. And if you are seeking more help, there's definitely people in your community, people in the world that can help. Geo is a great resource. I'm also coming out with a class called Online Presence as Performance Art that I'll be offering through my Kickstarter. And it's going to be an amazing curriculum about having a more mystical and fun relationship with the internet, weaving your dreams into reality through the collective consciousness, physical representation that is the internet. Like there's definitely the collective consciousness that's like the psychic field that's shared between humanity the way that there's a zeitgeist or kind of a mood in the air that everyone's participating in. But the internet is a very physical representation of that. And when you share your truth and you share your messaging out into the internet, other real beings pick up on it. And so you can weave things into reality through your online presence. And so I'm talking about that as well as the inner psychological path of being in the public and different strategies for content creation and it's going to be like, it's going to be a mystical and I think highly intriguing class. I don't think that a curriculum like it actually exists anywhere. If you're interested in this course, the page will be going up for it soon. So I'll be announcing those details as they come out. And it will be one of the reward tiers on my upcoming Kickstarter campaign that I'll also be announcing here. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. I'm really grateful for your listenership and the time that you take to listen to Magic of the Spheres. And I hope that you have a beautiful day. Bye.